Hey there. Welcome to the Anchor Point Church podcast. We're so glad that you're here with us. We are a group of people in New Tecumseh, Ontario, who are doing our best to follow Jesus in the everyday, ordinary stuff of life. Our vision is simple, in Alliston as it is in heaven. So whether you're here checking us out for the first time or are already a member of our church family, we hope and pray that this message, which is rooted and grounded in the scriptures, would encourage you, console you, and build you up, and most of all, would point you to Jesus and the vision he has for his kingdom. Bless you.
not people that just know a bunch of theology and are terrible at every other thing in their life. So this is what it's all about. Our discipleship to Jesus takes place 24-7, 365. And God wants to meet you in these moments. He wants to meet you here, yes, as we gather together, there's something special that happens. He also wants to meet you in your car on your way to work, on your walk home from school, after that argument you had with your roommate. All of those places are environments in which God can meet you and speak to you. And so, what I'm, again, what I'm going to be sharing it actually came through what happened the other night at Seek Night. So just another plug for Seek Night. Who has been to a Seek Night? Most of us have. It's just a great time at the Parish Street Building, pretty low-key. We just come together, we sing, and we pray, and we hear God together. And so it's, it's always a powerful time. Um, and it's just, there's hungry hearts and humble hearts, which are very, is very fertile soil for the Spirit of God to move. And so this week was particularly good. And um, I just wanted to share a couple thoughts from, from what came through that night. And I wanted to start with just, just a question for you. Do you ever read the Bible... And specifically, maybe even like the book of Acts, per se, and be like, man, my life with God looks nothing like this. So we have two options. We're like, this does not make any sense. The, the options are this. We can lower what Scripture is talking about to match our own experience. Like, well, that was for then, and this is now. That's, that's an option. Or what I want to talk about today is we could raise our experience to actually match Scripture. And that's what I think the Spirit wants to do. He wants to, like, that's the life, that's normative Christianity, the book of Acts. That's incredible. And that's what I want God to do in us, in you guys, in our community. And so I I, I sense that God wants to remind us that he wants to raise our experience of him and his kingdom to match the stories we read about in the scripture. But he wants to do this with you. There's a process of working together with God. There's a human element to all of this. Because remember, we're partnering with God. He's intended it to be so from the very beginning in the garden. He's looking for people who will say yes to the Spirit in the same way that Jesus did. And so I want us to think about that this morning. What would it look like for God to raise our experience to match Scripture, and how do we partner with Him in that? So to do that, I'm going to read a story from Exodus chapter 33, and I'm going to ask you guys to stand as we do this, as we read Scripture together. This 11 verses familiar story, but a powerful story. And Julian already referenced it this morning in her lovely call to worship. So Exodus 33, verse 7. Now Moses used to take a tent and pitch it outside the camp some distance away, calling it the tent of meeting. Anyone inquiring of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. And whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people rose and stood at the entrances to their tents, watching watching Moses until he entered the tent. As Moses went into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and stay at the entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. And whenever the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance to the tent, they all stood and worshipped, each at the entrance to their tent. Listen to this. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Then Moses would return to the camp, but his young aide Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. Moses said to the Lord, You've been telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name, and you have found favor with me. If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. The Lord replied, My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. 
Then Moses said to him, If your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked, because I am pleased with you, and I know you by name. Then Moses said, Now show me your glory. This is God's word. Would you guys pray with me? Come, Holy Spirit. We invite you just to have your way. We know that you're already here, and so that prayer is one of help us become more aware of you and what you're already up to. Help us have eyes to perceive and see what you're doing, the broken pieces that you're putting back together in each of our lives, the doors that you're knocking on, the peace that you're bringing, the healing you want to to bring, the restoration you want to begin. Lord, we need eyes to see these things. And so in the midst of this, I just want to ask for faith, Lord, to receive all that you have for us today. Lord, I speak against the voices that would condemn, the voices that would um, obsess, the voices that would uh, um, worry us. And I just welcome your voice, God, that would calm us, that would bring us peace, that would comfort us, and that would convict us if necessary. So, Lord, we give over to you our the next chunk of time and ask you to have your way. We thank you that you are a God who encounters us, that you care about us, that yes, you are here with us, and yes, you want to do some good work in us, so just come have your way, Lord. I pray that we would have a good time together in your presence today, that this would feel hopeful, this would feel um, inspiring, and that we would leave here transformed more into your image, Jesus. We love you, we pray this in Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. You guys can have a seat. What a story, eh? This is one of my favorite uh, stories in the Bible. That one line specifically, I mean, I kind of led you guys there, but just I, I don't know if that would have stuck out. If I, I'm sure it would have stuck out if I didn't say anything. But the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. So this, this is referenced a few other times in the Old Testament when Moses is mentioned. So when they're talking about Moses, this is what they bring up. Could you imagine if that was your story? When they bring your name up, they're like, hey, yeah, the guy who talks to God face to face. The girl who talks to God face to face. This is um, what your life with God could look like. This is what he's actually inviting us into. This is the type of friendship and relationship we're invited into by the Spirit of God. Remember we talked about that where... We're moving from a place of being isolated into being brought into the very relationship at the center of all reality. There's a seat for you at that table. He wants you to be there face-to-face with him. And the reality is, um, when, when we actually encounter God, when we actually experience his presence, if we will allow it to actually permeate and become um, real to us, when we get a taste of the presence of God, nothing else will satisfy us. Nothing else can satisfy and bring us the the sense of security, the sense of um, wonder, the sense of joy that that being the presence of God can can bring us. David says it this way, God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you. My whole being longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. There's nothing like time with God. There's nothing like experiencing the presence of God 
And Moses got to the point where this would be a face-to-face relationship with him, which is a vision for what your life could be like with God. Uh, Yesterday, I spoke to two of my brothers on FaceTime for the first time in a long while. And uh, I I know a lot of our friendships and and relationships with our siblings are fraught with uh, discord and can be difficult. But my brothers are like my best friends. And so when they called, it was like the best thing ever. There's nothing like talking to my brothers. No one can make me laugh like they do, cringe like they do. You know what I mean? So those type of friendship, this is the type of friendship that God wants to develop with you. Where he's like, man, I cannot wait to be with Jenny. I cannot wait to be with Roger. I cannot wait to be with Jillian and vice versa. This is the type of relationship that God has in in his heart for you. He wants to make himself known to you. And so, okay, that sounds great, Tom, awesome. Again, more theology. What does that look like? How do we actually do this in normal life? So I want to talk about two things. I want to talk about the discipline of awareness and the discipline of seeking or pursuit. So before Moses had this face-to-face relationship with God, the beginning of the story uh, in Exodus, we read a really interesting story. So again, if we're thinking about following Jesus in our everyday, ordinary lives, uh, what does this look like for this dude, Moses? And so Moses uh, was working for his father-in-law, tending the sheep, doing his normal thing, and then he has this crazy encounter with God. Let me read it for you, Exodus 3. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire within a bush. Moses saw that the bush was on fire and it did not burn up. So Moses thought, might as well go over and see this strange sight. Why does this bush not burn up? And when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Interesting. He's doing a normal, everyday chore. He's doing his normal work. And from a burning bush, God speaks to him. God engages Moses in his ordinary life, his walking around life. And Moses responded in kind with, all right, here I am, Lord. You're here and I'm here. What's going on here? C.S. Lewis says this. We may ignore, but we can nowhere evade the presence of God. The world is crowded with God. God walks everywhere incognito. And the incognito is not always hard to penetrate. The real labor is to remember, to attend, in fact, to come awake, still more, to remain awake. You guys get what I'm saying? There's this whole idea of, okay, God is actually around me. He's moving. He's working. But am I aware of what's going on? Am I aware of his presence? Am I awake to what God is up to. Sometimes I wonder if there are burning bushes in my life that I was too busy to notice, going about on my own. Not You ever have that feeling? Like I think we'd probably be able to recognize something that out of the ordinary, but who could say? Sometimes I can get so tunnel vision and so focused and so distracted that maybe I'm missing burning bush moments in my everyday ordinary life. Ronald Ruhlheiser says this, Rarely is there a sense of God within the bread and butter of life. We still make space for God in our churches, but he is given a very restricted place everywhere else. He is more of a moral and intellectual principle than a person. The struggle or ex- to experience God is not so much one of God's presence or absence as it is one of the presence or absence of God in our awareness. God is dead in our ordinary consciousness. 
that resonate with anyone? It's like we're not like it's God's at Shopper's Drug Mart. That doesn't make any sense. God's at Halibut House. That's debatable. I don't know if he's okay. God is, you know, in my everyday ordinary life working. I want to share a story. This week uh, I was cleaning off my desk. Every time I teach, I pull like eight million books onto my desk, and then every week I'm done teaching that text, I'll put all these books back. And there's one book that we're thinking about doing in community group this this term. And so it was on my desk for a while. And I hadn't thought about it in a while, but we've been thinking about how we're going to get copies for all of you guys to do this. I have a friend who has a box of these books somewhere that he promised I could have. That was months ago. He hasn't been able to find them. So we're just waiting for these books. Are they there or are they not? I've forgotten about them. So I'm there cleaning off my desk. I look at this book. And I think, I wonder if Mike ever found those books. And I promise you, I'm not making this up. As I thought that, my phone buzzed in my pocket. And I pulled out my phone, and Mike had sent me a picture of the box of books. I was like, what the heck? That's crazy. And I could dismiss that as just, you know, uh, happenstance or circumstance or coincidence. But I think it's actually God saying, hey, Tom, I'm here. I'm, I'm paying attention. I'm in your everyday, ordinary life. Are you listening? Are you aware of this. The invitation for us is to observe God's presence in unexpected places. When we, when we begin to recognize God's presence, it may be that we begin to recognize it more and more and more and more easily over time. You guys ever have this experience where maybe you get a new car and all of a sudden you realize that there are 8 million of the same car that you had, but you didn't realize it until you bought that very car? So, Embarrassing story. We used to own a silver Dodge Grand Caravan. And uh, the old model, like it looked like a dolphin. And there were a lot of these at the time when we first moved to Alliston. And numerous times in the Zaris parking lot, I got into the wrong silver Grand Caravan. One time there was someone in there, I was like, I'm, I'm so sorry. But the thing is, the more we drove our silver Dodge Grand Caravan, the more we were able to recognize it amidst the other ones. So there's this whole idea of learning to become aware to the presence of God, aware to the voice of God, what he actually sounds like, what he's really like in our everyday, ordinary experiences. So this is just, I want to just prime our minds to like, okay, how can I develop the process of being attentive to God's presence in the everyday, ordinary stuff of my life? It's not just at church. It's not just in community group. It could be at the store, at um, wherever. Talk a lot about the store. Uh, Elizabeth Barrett Browning penned this. Earth is crammed with heaven and every common bush of fire with God. God is alive and active. He is involved in your life. And he's waiting for you to discover, to discover his work in your everyday ordinary life. That's the discipline of awareness. The second thing I want us to think about is this whole idea of the discipline of pursuit. The other side of this coin is, yes, God is working and active. Also, what are we doing to kind of make ourselves... God is making himself present to us. What are we doing to make ourselves present to God? Our text in Exodus talked about Moses setting up the tent of meeting. It was outside of the camp. It was set apart for the purpose of meeting with God. This is the human responsibility that we carry. What are you actually seeking after? What are you spending time thinking about? What are you searching on the internet? What is your center? What are you setting aside time for? Where are you exerting your energy? What are you setting up? Uh, Psalm 105, David again says this, Look to the Lord in his strength. Seek his face always. This is to seek time, to give attention to, to come before God fully 
and completely. This is what God wants. It's not like you're bothering him or annoying him. He's actually asking you to seek after him. Psalm 27, verse 8, again, David says this, When you said, seek my face, my heart said, Lord, your face I will seek. God is inviting you to come meet with him. What are you going to do about it becomes the question. We see this again, of course, the same idea uh, as Jesus calls the disciples and he says, hey, come and follow me. Seek me, chase me, follow me. Reorganize your life around the goals of being with me, becoming like me and doing what I did. This is not to put like pressure on you. It's just like this, this is just part of the deal. Like how are we going to actually pursue God in kind? Uh, one of the things I wanted to kind of, I felt kind of God was highlighting at Seek Night specifically around this whole idea of his presence and seeking after him and, and noticing God in our lives. Um, it comes at the end of that story there, the first chunk of that story. Um, and it's, it, the, the, why I want to share this is I felt God was actually speaking a word of encouragement to our community in regards to this whole idea of seeking the presence of God. So particularly in regards to how it could influence the next generation. So I don't know if you guys noticed, but like more than half of our church are little kids. And uh, this one, I want, I want to read this one verse. I want to unpack it for a second. So this is the end of uh, that first story of the tent of meeting. Um, then Moses would return to the camp, but his young aide Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. So what I felt like I was speaking in that is that Moses is the, is the older one, the one setting the example, the one leading um, Israel at the time and would have been like kind of discipling Joshua. And so Joshua would have seen Moses go in and set up this tent and meet with God and be with God and pursue God. And it, 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 it paid dividends in Joshua's life because Joshua would stay after Moses left to do more of the same. Like there's something that he saw in the life of Moses that was influential in how he responded and reacted to God himself. So what we're doing is we're modeling for all those kids that were up here what it could look like to have a real relationship with God. What I, what I want to emphasize here is that this is for all of us. This is not just for parents. This is for single people. This is for married people without kids. This is for widowers. This is for widows. You can influence the younger generation with how you pursue God. Okay? And that's what I feel like the, the main thing I want, maybe that God wants to encourage us with is like what you do with God, how you notice God, how you pursue God can have a massive impact on the people around you, especially those younger kids. Joshua saw this in Moses, and it impacted him greatly. And he took it upon himself to cultivate and create his own meaningful and real time in God's presence. And he would, he would eventually, of course, go in the story. We know he goes on to lead the people of Israel into the promised land and to, take, to lay hold of the promises of God. So don't take lightly the, the idea, or realize that how we pursue God has a massive effect and impact on not only the kids, but the other people around you, too. Like, there's something about us doing this together that can be so beneficial and exponential and explosive. You guys good? All right. Um, as we've been praying the prayer, come Holy Spirit, over the last few weeks, uh, Scott talked about this this morning at our prayer meeting. Um, I've been thinking about this idea that it's really becoming uh, a w more aware of his already here-ness. He's already here, but how do we become more aware of his here-ness? And what I was also thinking as we were praying, come Holy Spirit, I can't remember where I was. I was praying this, this this week. I felt like I could see this picture of him saying, 
Come Maureen. Come Jonathan. Come Scott. Come Hiro. Come Ken. Come be with me. There's a response happening there too. And this week Scott popped into my office and he shared this verse which so beautifully illustrates this reality. This is Revelation 3 verse 20. Behold, this is Jesus speaking. Behold, I stand at the door and continually knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him, restore him, and he with me. The God is at the door, this knocking, and we're praying, come Holy Spirit, and maybe we're learning to become more attentive and waiting to hear that knock on the door. Because you know when you're waiting for a package to arrive, like you're super tuned in to that door. Like, shh, kids, be quiet. There might be someone at the door. We don't know for sure. Kevin and Heather can take our dogs so we can hear the door in case. But sometimes life is too loud to hear the knock at the door. And sometimes we're so busy in our everyday, ordinary life that we forget to check the door. Or the door is locked, or he's welcome, but only to this part of the house, not all the way in. But we're praying, come Holy Spirit. He's saying, I'm here. I'm knocking at the door. Would you come in? Would you let me come in and eat with you? So I want to end with what are some practical ways that we can open the door to God, as it were, or to show up and say, just like Moses did, here I am, in our everyday, ordinary lives. Um, I'm going to lay down uh, the Secret Place Challenge 2.0. You guys maybe remember, I think it was like a year and a half ago, we did a Secret Place Challenge, and it's pretty simple. It's, It's just this. I want you guys to think about, to consider taking 15 minutes of your day and being alone with God. And I want us to do this between now and the end of the month, which is really not that long. It's a short month, even though it's a leap year. We're getting there almost all the way to March, feels like. And the secret place, this might sound weird, but it's really simple. It's just where you create time and space where you can be alone with God. So this just do your best to not overcomplicate it. For some of us, it could be this could be our car on the drive home. For some of us, it could be a walk in the woods. For others, it could be at the prayer room at Paris Street Building. But whatever it looks like, what we're doing is we're doing our best to say yes to Jesus' invitation, to his knock on the door. Or how he says it in the Sermon on the Mount, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray to your Father in private. Then your Father who sees everything will reward you. So what do you guys think about that? 15 minutes a day till the end of the month. And just a couple things to think about doing in that space. So we've been praying that prayer, come Holy Spirit. So why don't you just start with that prayer, come Holy Spirit. Quiet yourself, take a few deep breaths. And then Julian asked us last week to consider praying that Ephesians prayer, Ephesians 1, 15 to 23. So I would say start with come Holy Spirit, pray that Ephesians 1 prayer, and then just sit there, God. And see what he does. And then what I would ask you to do, I think this is kind of where it gets, that's why it's a 2.0. There's a little bit of a, a level up here. I want you to take some time to write out what you sense God speaking. What, what pictures came to mind? What, what did you feel like he brought into your consciousness? Maybe things about your friends or your family, or maybe just things he wants to work on in you. And just kind of keep track of what God wants to do in those times. Does that sound good? Because I think we're, we're learning all kinds of stuff, but now we gotta, we got to actually apply it. And so this is, I think, a great place to, and everything else we're going to talk about and think about, our life with God actually flows out of these times in the secret place.
which is uh, this. I want to read a story from um, Acts chapter 10. It's about just doing your everyday ordinary stuff and then how God's spirit can, like, kind of intersects those times and does something miraculous. So Peter is, uh, this is after Pentecost, the Holy Spirit's fallen on of the believers, the followers of Jesus. And Peter is going around spreading the gospel, praying for people. And in the middle of all this stuff, the, the gospel is beginning to spread out into not only the, to the Jewish culture and, and, and people, but also into the Gentiles. So this is kind of the beginning of that journey. So this is his everyday, ordinary life. Remember, he has these patterns and rhythms of being with Jesus and becoming like Jesus and doing what Jesus did. He saw how Jesus lived his life. He's patterned his life after that. He's now empowered by the Spirit. It says this in Acts chapter 10, verse 9. About noon the following day, as they were on their journey and approaching the city, pretty normal, ordinary stuff, right? Peter went up on the roof to pray, also pretty ordinary, normal stuff. He became hungry, pretty normal, and he wanted something to eat. And while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven opened and something like a large sheet being let down to earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals as well as reptiles and birds. Then a voice told him, get up, Peter, kill, and eat. I'm not going to get into all this theology, but just normal, ordinary stuff. Goes to pray, goes to the secret place. And as the meal is being prepared, he prays and God's spirit begins to reveal something that's going to alter the course of the church's impact and influence for the rest of history. So I'm not promising that will happen. But what I am saying is that when we just make ourselves available to God, he may show up in a really unexpected way. I don't think Peter was going thinking, I'm going to go, I'm about to go get a, a, get a trance and get a vision. He was just like, I'm going to go be with God, even though I'm hungry. I'm going to pray. And God's spirit met him there. And so I feel like with this, we're, we're, we were going to talk all about the gifts of the Spirit. We've done that over the years in the past. I, I feel like when we are willing to put these 15 minutes aside for God, He's actually going to begin to reveal some of the gifts of the Spirit in you as you're doing this. You may have a prophetic picture for the first time. You may have a scripture that is just jumping off the page to you like it never has before. You may feel this urge to pray for someone that you don't know or you know or you knew something that all of a sudden you have this insight into how to pray for them. That there's no way you could have known that except from God. These are all gifts of the Spirit. And so I just, I trust that as we are learning to become more aware of God in our everyday ordinary lives, as we're learning to actually practice this idea of pursuit and with those two things coming together in the secret place that God is going to meet us and speak to us and empower us for his mission, for his glory. That sound good? Yeah. Okay. So just closing thoughts. Listen to your life. Look for God in your everyday, ordinary existence. Do what you can to pursue God's presence. He wants you to pursue him. He wants time with you. He wants space with you. He wants to draw near to you. Listen for the knock on the door. When you hear the knock, answer the door. And in that space of waiting and being quiet and listening in the secret place, ask him what he's up to and then see what he has to say. Does that sound good? All right, let me pray for us and then we'll respond this morning with some singing. You guys want to stand?
But Lord, we just want to say thank you. Thank you that you have made a way for us to have a relationship with you. Thank you that you want us close. Thank you that your desire is for us to be able to look at you and you to look at us face to face. And so, Lord, I pray that over the rest of our lives here on this earth, that that would be our vision, that would be our goal, to be like, to have the same type of relationship that Moses had with you. That we would walk with you like Enoch, that we would talk to you face to face like Moses, that we would pour our hearts out before you like David, that we would be willing to give all that we have, Lord, for you. And so, Lord, I pray for each of us as we go, I pray that our eyes would be um, open to see the way that you're working in our everyday, ordinary lives. I pray that we would begin to see, Lord, your hand in areas that have seemed so dead to us before, or off limits, or um, in, uh, uninhabitable, or unmentionable, uh, or just boring. I just pray, God, that you would speak to us in those spaces. Lord, would, would we be shocked and in awe of the way that you are at work in all of our lives? Lord, I pray as well in the midst of this that we would learn how to see that in one another's lives and we'd be able to say, hey, I think actually God's doing something there. Did you notice that? Give us discernment, Lord, and give us grace to encourage one another along the way. God, we are grateful that you um, that you, it's, you, you welcome us to show up however we are. And, and there's no way that we're supposed to show up before you. We're just supposed to show up. And so I pray, Lord, that there be a new grace um, that we would experience as we just show up before you as we really are. And Lord, as we encounter you, as we make space for you, would we willingly and actively be listening for your knock at the door and welcoming you in further and further and further into our lives, God. So, um, Lord, take whatever is from you, and I just pray that you would put it deep in our hearts. And Lord, anything that's just my own ideas or thoughts would just fall away in the name of Jesus. But just, Lord, whatever is from you this morning, I just pray that those things would go deep into our hearts, into our spirits, and that you would have your way in our community. And that, um, yeah, you bless the next generation, Lord, through us as we learn how to do this and bumble along. I pray that they would see us trying, that they would see us noticing, that they would see us pursuing, and that in their own ways, that they would stay longer in the tent after we leave. We bless you. We thank you, God. We pray this